Blog Talk Radio. All right, we want to say greetings to everyone and thank you all so much for joining us today. My name is Brother Hawk Bolden, and we're so grateful to the Lord to be able to uh, come before you and share with you the things that uh, the Lord has laid on our hearts to share. And so um, we're going to continue on and hopefully finish this message today about foolishness or power. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to the first chapter of 1 Corinthians and uh, start reading. We're going to start reading at verse 18. It says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us, which are saved, it is the power of God. And so uh, that's why we named this this particular series, Foolishness of Power. Is In other words, if, if, if you can't receive the things of God, it's just real plain, especially if you see it in God's word, if that's foolishness to you, then that means you are on the perishing side. Uh, but if you can receive it as a, as a newborn babe, in Christ, then that means that you are saved. It's, it's the power of God to you. Uh, so I think it's it's something there that you got one thing, uh, the preaching of the cross. In other words, the gospel. Uh, one thing can be two different th- two different things to two different people. In other words, one thing, not two different things, but one thing can appear to be one way to one individual and appear to be something completely opposite, the opposite to another individual. To some people, the preaching of the gospel can be power, uh, that, and they know that it's the power of God because it has changed their lives. And then to some people, uh, it can be something completely different. Uh, it could be foolishness. And so today we're going to work on why it appears to be that way. Why does it appear to be foolishness to some people? and power to, to others. All right, so let's, now let's jump down to verse 26 uh, of First Corinthians, the first chapter. It says, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. And so he's talking to the church at Corinth, and that calling, he's not necessarily talking about uh, calling to preach, but calling to salvation, how they were saved, and, and the fact that they are, that they are uh, saved he said, now you see how you are. Look at you, how you are. He said, brother, and he said, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. And, and, and part of this group is educated. And you, you'll find out if you if you uh, do your research, there aren't a whole lot of highly educated people in this world that are saved. Because it's, and I have seen it up close and, and personal how people can start off not knowing anything, uh, but they know God. But the more they know, uh, the less they know about God. In other words, the more educated that seems to be the trend. And not in every case, but just generally speaking, the trend is the more educated somebody gets, you know, uh, uh, they have a tendency to know less of God. In other words, why? Because knowledge always works against faith. You see that? That was the danger of the knowledge of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It worked against, you see that, and, and, and things like that. Why? Because the more you put in your brain, the more 
God has to overcome, the more you have to overcome to even to even have faith. You see that? Because your knowledge appear, appeals to your five senses. You see, now there is a such thing as being educated and and saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and walking in the things of God. Now we're not saying that, but what we're saying is, is that what did Paul say? How did not many wise men after the flesh? He said it's not it's not many of them. You said that not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world and things which are despised, hath God chosen, yes, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. Now, here's the thing. When people are high up in education uh, a lot of times, and in just the world's way of thinking, um, they would like to think that their education either makes them closer to God or makes them deny to deny the existence of a God. And they and a lot of times, if people have become atheists behind their education, uh, then they look down on people who actually uh, follow God because they think God is just a crutch to weak people. You see that? And what they don't like is that God evens the playing field. In other words, it's not according to education. Now, folks will spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to get an education to tell you how your body functions and how it works and, and w- when <laughs> your faith can bypass what that what that $500,000 education can bring to a man, your faith can bypass it and undo everything a doctor is trying to fix. You see that? And, 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 and basically do what a doctor is trying to do in treating you. And, and that's where uh, the issue comes in that is if God uses his wisdom, by his wisdom, he confounds the wise. In other words, faith gets us there in a split second. What it takes doctors years and years and hundreds of thousands of dollars in education to try to obtain and still can't. You see that? And so that's where we live at in the world today. It doesn't matter how poor you are, how rich you are. It doesn't matter what your, your status is how many offices you've held and what positions you've held in society, faith is obtainable by anyone. And, and that's what makes this such a war of, in the flesh of people, you know, because people like to think that they, they can get somewhere in society and be able to touch things that other people can't touch. And God evens the playing field. It doesn't matter what, in fact, it doesn't matter what you've done in your past. You see, in this world, they'll tell you, you know, if you've got a felony, you're not going to work certain jobs. If you have a felony, you can't vote. If, you, if you're a felon, you, it's certain things you can't do, you see. And so, but what God does is he evens the playing field in that, you see. God don't care if you're a felon or not. Your faith touches him, you see. Your faith reaches him. You can get healed just like anybody else can get healed. You can get saved just like anybody else can get saved. And that is the problem that society and even some people in church have uh, with this whole preaching of the gospel. You see that God evens the playing field by confounding the wise of this world through through faith and the preaching of the gospel. You see that he evens the playing field. He says, you know what? Everybody got a chance to get to heaven. All you have to do is believe in me. Well, see, to the wise of this world, that's just, that's just you know, especially to those that feel like they got to work and do all of these things to get close to God, you know, because they, they want to give their flesh a pat on the back. That's foolishness. What do you mean all you have to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and, and you know, uh, 
um, and, and all of that. You know, what What do you mean that that's all it takes? Surely, you know, you know, and then there are churches that say, you know, if you're going to pass to us, you, you need to have an education. Why don't you go to seminary school? You see that? Why, so why does it take that instead of having a, just a, a pure calling from God? You see that? That is what flesh does. This is a flesh war. In other words, that that is the way that it that it, it, it contradicts flesh, you see. And flesh does not like that because flesh wants to get glory. So let's go ahead and keep reading here. Verse 8, 28, and base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. In other words, things that society have looked down upon, people that society have looked down upon. God, God has chosen those things, you see that. Look at that, what this says. And things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. It's not based on your education. It's not based on how smart you are, how smart you think you are, how many instruments you can play, how nice you look, what kind of clothes you can afford. It's not based on where you live. We have a whole society competing with one another based on these material things and how they look in, in the eyes of others. You see that? We, there are people that choose to drive expensive cars just because they want to impress people. You see that? Or because they have a point to prove. But I'm telling you, in the things of God, you you ain't got nothing to prove. You see that? You, this is not a this, it, it's not that type of playing field. God says if you believe on if you believe in me, you will be saved. Those that believe shall be saved. If you don't believe, you'll be damned. You see that? And it's just that simple. You know, isn't it good? That God didn't say if you make a certain amount of money every every year, uh, then you can be saved, you know, on top, with salvation or in, and with belief, you see. So God evens the playing field. The dumbest person in the world, what the what the world would consider stupid or dumb, can accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and they're just as saved as somebody that's got a Ph.D. You see, so you better know flesh is going to have a problem with that. You see that? And that's the reason why when when when... Those of us who choose to be dumb for the Lord can accept God's word and say, "Okay, God, so you say, you say, I can, all I got to do is believe, and I can be healed." Okay, well, I'm healed. I'm, I'm going to forego all of these other procedures that the doctor's talking about. That's the reason why these people have a problem because it we accept it by faith. We accept things by faith. You see that. And it's nothing. Okay, so God, you're telling me this? And so what, what the fleshly and worldly people say was, is, well, you know, God ain't telling you to do that. That's not God talking to you. You see that? God don't talk that much to people, you see. Well, so how do you know? You, you think about that. If God is talking at all, how, how, who are you to tell him how much to talk to anybody? You see that? Where's that gauge at in the Bible, that God don't talk that much? You see? <laughs> God confirms the wise. You see that? He confirms the wise. Let's go and keep reading. Verse 29, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Redemption. You see that? Those things there. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us, what? Wisdom, righteousness. Everybody see that? We walk in wisdom. Wisdom how? By faith. Our wisdom isn't our own wisdom. It is, okay, God, you told me to do this, I'm going to do it. That's where wisdom starts at, obeying God. It's God's wisdom that we take on, not through our own wisdom and trying to figure things out, but 
in obeying God. See, so it starts with wisdom. And then through wisdom comes righteousness. You see that? In other words, we learn how to live right. We accept that righteousness by faith. And because of that, we start walking our paths out the right way. And that's why I say you, if they're walking in unrighteousness, if they are, if their life is full of unrighteousness, then no, you don't, you don't take heed to what they're saying. It don't matter what they're trying to, trying to prophesy or whatever the case is. You look at the fruit of the person. You see that? Look at their, look at their fruit. Go ahead and keep reading. We'll get to that in a minute. It says, and sanctification. In other words, separated. And that's what, that, now, that, that's part of your fruit there. People in church today have an issue with sanctification, being set apart and being separated. You, do you know you're supposed to be sanctified? That's the reason why we're called saints. What does sanctified mean? You are set apart for God's use, set apart. Not trying to see how much of the world you can blend in with your with, with your 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 life in Christ, but you are set apart. There are some things that you will not partake of, and so you better know the devil's gonna fight you on that. You see that on sanctification, he'll start trying to, you know, and if you know how the devil works, he's very extreme. Oh, you know, God didn't call us to be separated, and how are we gonna win people to Christ? You win them to Christ by being separated not by joining in with them and, and doing what they're doing and, and being among them. You win them over by being separated. You are a new creature. And the fact of the matter is, it, it don't take much effort on your part uh, to be separated from the world because the world don't want to have anything to do with Darkness don't want to have anything to do with light. You see? So it, it don't take it. All you got to do is walk in the light. Darkness is, is going to automatically scatter. Now, let me prove it. If you walk into a dark room with a flashlight, what happens? Darkness begins to part, and it begins to scatter. You see that? It, it, it Darkness scatters, and that's the way it is when, we, when we're walking in the light. So look at what that says, sanctification and redemption. Verse 31, that according as it is written, he that glorious, let him glory in the Lord. Let's go and keep reading. And I, brother, when I came to you, Chapter 2, verse 1, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now, you know, I've heard preachers say this in error, and people say this in error, that, you know, Paul says that we're just supposed to preach Christ and him crucified. That's not what Paul said. See, that, that's the ignorance of people. That's not, that's not. All you got to do is read uh, Paul's other writings. You'll see that that's not the only thing he was preaching, you see. But what did he say? For I determined not to know anything among who? You, you Corinthians, you you pagans that have all of these different temples and idols set up in your in your region. He said, I didn't come to you trying to... <laughs> outdo you in philosophy because y'all got that down. I, I'm not going to compete with you on in your playing field on that level. So I just came with the foolishness of Christ to you, with the foolishness of the cross of Christ to you. That's all I determined to know among you because I know I'm not going to win a battle of who, whose philosophy is the best, is God's philosophy or, or, you know, Diane or, you know, 
all these other Greek gods y'all have set up. I, I know I'm not going to win that battle with y'all because y'all are already determined to know everything in those areas. So when I was among you, all I, I chose to do is deal with you concerning the cross of Christ. See, now, he's talking to some people with their own philosophy. You know, you can read about all of that stuff uh, in, in other writings there. And so, you know, that's, sometimes that's the way you have to do with people. Don't argue with the devil on his playing field. You're not going to beat the devil on his, own, on his turf as far as knowledge goes, in other words. The power of God is what defeats him. You see that? You can sit and argue with somebody all day long about the power of, of the cross and, 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 and things like that. You can sit and argue with people all day long about, you know, sanctification and things, but you know what they can't argue back with? How it changed your life. They can't argue with, you know what, I used to do this. You know I used to do that, but I no longer do that. So how did I overcome that? See, they can't argue with you about that, you see. And so that's what that's what that's the way you have to be with some people. Just tell them, you know what, I don't whatever whatever you think, that's fine, but I'm telling you how it's changed my life. I'm telling you that it's the power of God to me, and I know it because I couldn't stop doing this on my own. You see, now nobody can argue with that. You see, there's no argument for the power of God changing your life. They can argue with you all day long about what God told you to do and all of this other foolishness. But what about the fact that God has changed my life? I'm no longer the same. You see that? There's no argument for that. You see that? And I and I didn't change by going to some some meetings with other folks that were struggling with the same stuff. You see? No, it wasn't none of that. It was just I surrendered my life to God and God took it and made me a new creature. And that's all it, that, that settles that. You see that? They can't argue with the new creature. You see? <laughs> all right, so let's go and keep reading. Verse 3, And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but what? In demonstration of the spirit and of power. You see that? So when Paul was among the people, all he cared about was let's 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 demonstrate the power of God. Let's see what your Diane can do with this person that's that's a prostitute. Can 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 Diane get them, you know, change their minds? You see that? Can all your pagan gods together, can they change the hearts of people? No. You see. Let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse five. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. So where's our faith supposed to stand? But in the power of God. You see that? So no, I don't I don't care to sit down and talk with anybody about what God says to do, what God has told me to do. I'm not gonna argue with anybody about, you know, all these things that God have brought to pass in this ministry or in my life. Because I you know, your faith don't need to stand in that. Your faith needs to stand in the power of God. You see that? If if you knew who I was before, then you know that there was a God afterwards. You see that? You you know that it took God to change. And and so unfortunately what happens is people who are not who the power of God who is foolishness to, they only around people who is foolishness to. And so they don't so they don't see life change at all. You see? That's the problem. All right, so let's go and keep reading. Verse six, how be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, 
which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would would not have crucified the Lord of glory. You see that? In other words, the idea that the salvation of mankind was going to come through the death of Jesus Christ, I want you to think about something. And this shows you the wisdom of God. What this is saying, basically, is had the devil knew that him killing Jesus Christ was going to bring about the salvation of mankind, he never would have done it. Jesus Christ would have been born in this world, and because he was not a son of Adam, in other words, because God was his father, he never would have died. You know, he wouldn't have died a natural death. He wouldn't have died of a heart attack, a stroke, or anything like that. He wouldn't have gotten a disease because he was not under the same law of flesh that we were in under. See that? God was his father. And so because God was his father, he was going to live forever in this earth. That's why he said, no man take my life, but I lay it down. But there had to be a crucifixion that, fiction to take place, that, that somebody had to try to kill him. And this Bible is saying that if the people in this world, if the, if the kingdom of darkness had known that his death was going to bring about the salvation of mankind, they never would have done it. See, so that was hidden from them. So that basically what they did is they walked right into God's plan. They thought, well, God is here in flesh. So if we kill him, we can run it all. This is a whole, this is the, this is part two of the war that we started in heaven. Now it's in earth, and if we can kill, now he's in flesh and we can kill him. We couldn't kill him as long as he was spared. But now that he's in flesh, he can be killed. And if, if we kill him, that's it. We, we won it all. So God hid that. You see that? God hid it from them. And you know, it's that same way today. God hides himself from the wise and the prudent. Those people that think they got God figured out, he hides himself from them. And they and they have no idea that they're walking right into his plan. You see that? Walking right into his plan. Let's read verse 8 again. Which none of the, let's read verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. You see, the devil would have been busy trying to keep the Lord alive. No, you get it. He'd have been just, no, you get away from get away from these people. They're trying to kill you. You don't want that. Because you imagine we'd have been reading a whole other Bible had the devil knew that killing the Lord would have brought the salvation of mankind. The Bible would have been a whole different book, a whole different story. As the devil knew it. You see that? Verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Everybody see that? So what they're saying, that it doesn't come to our natural eyes, our ears, nor does it come to our minds, in other words, our hearts. You know, there's nothing that we can think of. There's nothing that we can see on our own. There's nothing that we can hear. But look at what it says, verse 10. But God has revealed them unto us by what? His spirit. That's the reason why the power of God to us appears to be foolishness to other people. These people who who think that you're crazy because you're being led by the spirit of God are the same people who don't have the spirit of God. And they think because God isn't telling them to do this or that, that the things that he has told you to do, 
they think because God isn't telling them that, that he's not telling anybody that. When the problem is they just don't have the spirit of God. You see that? You could tell somebody, you know, the Lord told me to do this or that. If somebody got the spirit of God, even though the Lord may not have told them that, they'll understand. Yeah, I understand that because God has told me to do similar things. So I understand that. But somebody who don't have the spirit of God, it's going to look like foolishness to them. You see that? It's going to appear. Why? Because God ain't talking to me like that. Well, you ever wonder and think maybe God's not talking to you because you don't have his spirit for him to talk to you? For God to talk to you, you he has to have you have to have his spirit on the inside of you for him to give you orders. Until then, the only way he talks to you is through a preacher telling you, get saved. After you get saved, then you take on that spirit, and now he can talk to you and begin to tell you things. You see that? Verse 10, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yeah, the deep things of God. So that, that see that? Now that talks about the deep things of God. You see these things that everybody don't get, these orders that everybody don't get. If you're a surface Christian, now there's a such thing. People like to live on the surface and in their in their comfort zone. If that's what you want to, that's, if that's where you want to live, you can live there. You won't see any miracles. You might not. Even, you might even have a problem believing in miracles, you know, in testimonies. So you just be cold-hearted towards them. You can live in the shallow. You you can be in that lake of salvation and just live in the shallow and be satisfied there. But you know what? You'll be miserable. You'll always be questioning God, his existence. You'll always be questioning. You know, it'll be you have all these questions in your mind about it because you, something on the inside of you know that there are deeper things of God, but you're not obtaining it. And then if you're not careful, you'll be just like the allegory that we read in the book of Galatians. You'll either, you'll, you'll, you'll be the, 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 the child of Hagar who was born after the flesh, and so that's what you follow is flesh. You know, things that make sense. In other words, things that's not going to look crazy to society, you see. You'll walk after the flesh. And then when somebody is born after the spirit, as Isaac was, what happened? You persecute him because he's walking in the deep things of God. You know, what deep things? What did Isaac do? Let's, yeah, uh, yeah, Daddy, let's go on to this mountain, and I'm going to lay down and let you feel me because I, I ain't got no children yet, but it's already been promised that I'm going to have children. So, you know, and, and that this that the nation that God is going to raise up is going to be through me. I'm the child of promise. So, no, I don't have a problem with laying down and watching you bring up your, your knife and striking me with it and killing me. Because I know, just like you know, that God can raise me up. Yeah, I know you're an old man and I'm faster than you and I can run from you, but I'm not going to run. No, I'm not going to run because I know. That, that this is God's will. I believe that this is God's will. And, and this is a picture of things to come when one of my children, Jesus Christ, get to this earth. So, yeah, I'm going to lay down on this table, and I'm, and and I'm going to let you kill me. You see that? Well, you better know Ishmael thought, well, you crazy. And I wouldn't let him do that. What kind of sense does that make? What kind of God would tell, his, tell somebody to love him to kill his only child? Does that make any sense? No, it don't make sense, <laughs> except if you receive it by faith. You think about it. If you're one of those people, you only live by sense, everything in this Bible is going to look crazy to you. Even if you don't admit it, I'm telling you it won't. It, it will look crazy to you. What would it look like to the religious folks to watch a man who claims to be a prophet of God raise a knife up to kill his own son? 
See, the same way it looked to to, to the devil. That's crazy. I'm going to let you do it, Abraham. I'm not going to even try to talk you out of that. You see that? Not knowing that that would be a picture later on of God himself allowing his son to be killed. How, why? For the salvation of mankind. That's the reason why Abraham was called the father of what? Faith. Why? Because everything he did represented the power of God. You see? So you need to Ask yourself this question: What side are you on? You see, if if you if if these things are not the power of God to you, then the Bible won't make sense, and, and you'll just keep going to a church where you're hearing shallow messages, where you you're not even being challenged in things. You see that you're not even being challenged. You you know, if if you call yourself a philosopher and you're a disputer of this world, then ask yourself: What what sense does it make to God? Uh, Abraham to kill his own son, to be a murderer, to to murder his own son. What sense does that make? You see, I think you ought to ask yourself those questions. And if you have the spirit of God, God will reveal to you these answers, and that will help you to move into the things of faith. But see, to us, I don't have to have a reason. I just know God is sovereign. And, and you get to a point where you just believe God just for whatever. The, the word says, "Okay, I believe it." I ain't got the reason at all. I ain't got the, I ain't got the, you see, if you read, you read the book of Job and all that disputing that there was going on in there, that's what a philosopher is. That's what it was. How can God do this to a righteous man, Job? How can, how can he strike you down like that, Job? And then Job was in the, trying to justify himself in it. Well, you, you, you know, I am righteous. And I know that God don't, but it's got to be a reason. No, it doesn't have to be a reason. That's the reason why later on in the book of Job, you see God coming to question Job. Okay, Job, since you question me, stand up like a man. Let me question you. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the world? You see, in other words, if you can't figure out how God created the world, then don't try to figure out God. You see, just believe him. That, that's, where, that's what your answer is. Just believe him. And then if you believe him, the things that he said become the power of God to you that no longer foolish. They're no longer foolish. I pray that something has been said that has helped you. Please, if you're one of those people that you just think that God ain't talking to anybody and that what God tells people to do is foolishness and God is only speaking one sentence a day to people and, and, and all that foolishness, if you're one of those people, I pray that you will examine yourself and, and see where you are in the faith. You see that? See where you are in the faith. If you if, Think about married people. If you're married, you don't you don't think that your spouse is only supposed to speak to you, you know, just a couple of times a day? So now, if you have enough sense to know that God loves you more than he, than your spouse loves you, then why wouldn't you have enough sense to know that God can talk to you more than your spouse does? That the things he said to you can be more profound than any other human can, can speak to you. You see that? So let's not box God in, you see? you'll be disappointed. You're a disappointed person. If you say you're following God, but the things that he revealed is foolishness to you, you see, you'll be disappointed. You'll be out looking for another God to say if you don't accept him and all of his power and his glory. So let's let's not uh, limit God. Let's let's let the things that he speaks, let's let the things that he uh, does, let's let those things be power to us, the, the power of God to change us. Amen. So we thank you for joining us. We pray that something was said that have. Bless you, and we look forward to sharing more of God's word with you in the future. Have a blessed day.